Hi. 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 I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Barefoot Office, where we come together and use this time to spend some time with Jesus. I'm excited tonight. The last few nights I've been in my bed because my living room has been a bit of a wreck, but I cleaned up tonight. I had six minutes left to go on a podcast when I got back to my apartment, and so I straightened up my space and did my dishes, and it's good to be back on my couch for this. My Christmas lights glowing above my windows, still decorated with hope, peace, joy, and love from Advent. And I'm ready just to be. And I hope that you are too. We'll read this passage from Matthew chapter 5 from the Sermon on the Mount three times. Pardon me. And each time as we read it, seek to come at it with a different question. First time just stopping to notice what word or phrase sticks out to you. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Whereas I tell you not to oppose the wicked man by force. Rather, whosoever strikes you upon the right cheek, turn to him the other as well. And to him who wishes to bring a judgment against you, so he may take away your tunic, give him your cloak as well. And whoever presses you into service for one mile, go with him for two. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not turn away from one who wishes to borrow from you. You have heard that it has been said, You shall love your neighbor and shall hate your enemy. Whereas I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In this way you may become sons of your Father in the heavens, for he makes his Son to rise on the wicked and the good, and sends rain upon the just and the unjust. For if you love only those who love you, what recompense do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing that is extraordinary? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? So be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. What word or phrase stuck out to you? For me it was, for if you love only those who love you, And then so be perfect as your heavenly father perfect, which I have kind of a a shuddering reaction to. The second time as we read, I'm a theist, a person who believes in God and has been taught to and believed all my life that Jesus is God and is my higher power. So it's strange to focus on this long, lengthy sermon in the teachings of Jesus and ask, where do you see God in it? But that is our question. Where do we see God in this? The highest and best and truest of our ideals, the thing we most want to be, even if we aren't yet. 
Where is God here for you? You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Whereas I tell you not to oppose the wicked man by force. Rather, whosoever strikes you upon the right cheek, turn to him the other as well. And to him who wishes to bring a judgment against you, so he may take away your tunic, give him your cloak as well. And whoever presses you into service for one mile, go with him for two. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not turn away from one who wishes to borrow from you. You have heard that it has been said, You shall love your neighbor and shall hate your enemy. Whereas I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In this way you may become sons of your Father in the heavens, for he makes his son to rise on the wicked and the good and sends rain upon the just and the unjust. For if you love only those who love you, what recompense do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing that is extraordinary? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? So be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Where do you see God in this passage? I've complained and kvetched and bemoaned my state that as an adult child of an alcoholic, I feel like I'm fighting a war for my soul on two different fronts at the same time. Healing from my own childhood, and I think my parents listened to this, so I'm uh, bound and determined to say to you all that, well, I know you did the best that you could, just as I do the best that I can, and I still fail miserably every day. But I feel like I'm healing from my own childhood, and yet I'm also having to raise up three small humans through their own childhoods. So I'm having to reparent myself while also actually parent three children. And it's really hard. I've begun to wonder here and there if the biggest problem in my marriage isn't my marriage per se, but my oldest son, who is, I like to say, three and a half handfuls or... There's a Drew Holcomb in the Neighbor song I love uh, where he's singing to his daughter and calls her a piece of heaven in a hurricane. And some days I feel like he's a piece of hell in a hurricane. Or I've described being with him over quarantine as running in a wind tunnel full of sand. It's abrasive and coarse and difficult and it stings and it's constant and tonight at bedtime we were winding down and he wanted to go out of his bedroom to get scissors 
Now, of course, he doesn't need scissors at bedtime. And I told him he couldn't go out to get scissors. And he stopped and he screamed at me and he said, I hate you. And his mom tried to calm him down and he kept going and I turned my back and did something else and he said I want to go out to get the scissors because I want to kill you oh well that escalated quickly he just fights all the time he is angry all the time I'm a nine on the Enneagram, a peacemaker, and I'm afraid, mortally afraid of conflict. And my son, I say sometimes, and I think that he has more anger in a day. He expresses more personal opinion in a day than I go through in a month or a year. He's just so challenging. He did eight months of occupational therapy, and now he has two different therapists working with him. And he's just so much. And Jesus says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So tonight I see God there, whether I want to or not, but as is always the case where I'm mixing up where do I see God and what is God calling me to do or to be. Tonight I will pray for my oldest son, and I ask you to do the same. This third time, as we read... Wow, I've totally forgotten the question. What is God calling you to do or to be in your own personal life? What connection can you make to your own lived experience, to your past, to your memories, to your hopes for the future, to your present, and how you want to live this day? What is God calling you to do or to be in this text? You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Whereas I tell you not to oppose the wicked man by force. Rather, whosoever strikes you upon the right cheek, turn to him the other as well. And to him who wishes to bring a judgment against you, so he may take away your tunic, give him your cloak as well. And whoever presses you into service for one mile, go with him for two. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not turn away from one who wishes to borrow from you. You have heard that it has been said, You shall love your neighbor and shall hate your enemy. Whereas I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In this way you may become sons of your Father in the heavens, for he makes his son to rise on the wicked and the good, and sends rain upon the just and the unjust. For if you love only those who love you, what recompense do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing that is extraordinary? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? So be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect.
as an adult child of an alcoholic, one of the laundry list traits is that I get guilt feelings when I stand up for myself instead of giving in to others. And so even as I'm talking about being a parent to my oldest son, I feel guilty and bad, like I shouldn't have these feelings or that people will think that I'm describing my oldest son as my enemy. And while sometimes it feels that way when he is shouting that he would like to kill me, it's not really, and I know that. But I feel a need to justify it. To deny my own feelings, my anger, my hurt, my frustration, my pain. Praying for those who persecute you means being real that they're persecuting you and owning the difficulty of it. The first part of this passage about turning the other cheek and giving someone your tunic and going with him the extra mile is what the Lynns in their book Don't Forgive Too Soon use and quoting Walter Wink in one of his books on the powers that each of those things is a subversive act, and the Lynns talk about the two hands of forgiveness, the one hand that is offered in reconciliation, but also the other hand that is out like a stop sign saying, you may not hurt me like this anymore. And with a six and a half year old, it there's a lot of that that needs to happen, and it's constant and it's difficult for me, it's a challenge a constant challenge to make decisions and to enforce boundaries. These are not things I want to do. And yet I have to, to stand up for myself, to find myself, to love myself. And all of that somehow is preamble without really connection to me wanting to say that next to me is a Harry Potter journal that I was gifted at some point and two nights ago I began a practice of writing down how I was a fucking awesome dad today and I fill the rest of the page with just bullet points of what I did that made me a good parent because I need to know because I'm so overwhelmed that I need to end my night thinking back on the times that were good and that were helpful and that were healthy. And tonight my discipline is just to share that here in this podcast before I go to sleep. I won't be reading what I wrote, but just sharing the fact that I'm writing that. I hope gives you some hope and I invite you sometime today to think of a challenging way, a way in which you're challenged, a person, a relationship that challenges you, or a situation that you find difficult, somebody who persecutes you, that makes you feel like your boundaries are being violated. And since forgiveness starts with self-love and with yourself, as I read in The Power of Forgiveness by Catherine Pratt a few nights ago. I invite you, as I will do, to think on that situation and think, 
Not about all of the ways that you are overwhelmed by it, but all of the things you have done to bring good and light and life into it. And write those things down and read them aloud to yourself. And by so being, increase the light of God so that you within yourself might be able to build up in yourself the love to be able to extend that hand that says stop and says, you may hurt me like this no longer. Mm. That feels good. The prayer for the fourth week of Easter. O God, whose son Jesus is the good shepherd of your people, Grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. Hope and joy be yours. Hope that you may have the courage and the strength to say, you shall hurt me no longer. Joy that you are worth protecting, even protecting yourself. And both coming from the light of God which is in you, the light of God which you are, always. Always.